Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? Doing really good. Sunday night here, Coker household. And we're putting this podcast out. <laughs> we're doing this thing tonight, and we want to tell you all about the last two weeks that we've had. Oh my gosh. It's been a whirlwind, been people. A doozy. So we're enjoying a bottle of wine and prepping for the holiday season. It's hard to believe. Is it hard to believe the holiday season's here? It feels like we just had a baby. Uh, the whole year ago. is just a just whirlwind for us. But I'm sure everyone I've talked to is kind of like, whoa, what happened? I also feel like we say that every year. This every, is true. Every year it's, it's like, true. where did the time go? But I love I, I, where the time go. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. But I really love this time of year, especially November. I mean, December is good too. It just gets all crazy. But November is just special because it's like a little bit cooler, and it's all about a holiday that's giving thanks and eating and drinking. This is the best this is what i love yes yeah, so we want to make sure we have a podcast out to a holiday dedicated to eating and drinking and being thankful and this is not just the wine we're about to drink tonight is not just for thanksgiving it's not just for the holiday season we drink no, all year round but we're highlighting sure. it tonight yeah Catherine, what are we talking about tonight we're talking about gamay the grape of gamay we're talking about gamay we're talking about the pax gamay from alpine peaks in El Dorado, California, Vintage 2020. Absolutely delicious, crushable wine. So perfect for this holiday, but again, could be good year-round. And that's what's so amazing about the grape of Gamay. I'm going to just layer on all the good stuff. Like I am such a fangirl. Me and every other psalm. Me and every other sommelier out there. Woo, Gamay. But it's not that often you see in California, this is a great version of it. It's a perfect fusion for what we wanted to do for the holiday season because I also wanted to see if we could bring in a domestic wine, which we haven't talked about in a few weeks. So it's nice to talk about a domestic wine and one that does Gamay. So we're doing PAX tonight. Really excited about this. And, you know, it's Sunday night. We have worked this week, but this wine tastes delicious. This bottle's going away very quickly. You know, there's never a time that isn't good to drink wine, really, except maybe 7 a.m. It's this, there's always... After you brush your teeth, I think, is not the best time to drink wine. Yeah, maybe after you eat watermelon. I'm against it. I don't really enjoy it. (laughs) It's just me, though. I mean, maybe I'm weird. All right, let's talk about the last two weeks. There's been some points during the week, uh, audience, listeners, where my wife, Catherine, came to me and said, I can't do this anymore. I need a break. You need to give me a break. Come on, some alone time. Well, I want to tell the audience why. Okay, we had your parents here. Then we had my parents here. Then we had a birthday for our three-year-old now, now three-year-old. It was nonstop. Guests and parties and then people over and, oh my goodness. I mean, I just needed, frankly, I don't get much alone time anyway in life i mean i probably have about 45 minutes so when that's taken away i just start to get a little nuts because you currently you also have a baby that has to be with you baby has to be with me yeah i mean i'm nursing so it's like on call at any moment which is i wouldn't trade it for 
anything, but I do need a tiny bit of sanity. I always think of, you know, when you're on an airplane, you got to put your own oxygen mask on first, and then you put on your kids. And my oxygen mask was not working. It was not, there was no flow. (laughs) There was no (laughs) flow. I was not going to be able to put on my child's. So we got to keep that going. So I took the kids. This is true love because the Cowboys were playing Kansas City today. This is true love. Big game. And I skipped the game, watched it later, to take our two boys, two oldest boys, to see Clifford the Big Red Dog at the movie theater. It's a great reminder of how amazing movie theaters can be. And I hope they come back. With a flourish because oh, me too. they showed a preview for West Side Story uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. I think the screenplay is by Tony Kushner. It looks amazing. Whether or not it is amazing, the preview tells me. I, mean, I cannot wait to see this in the theater. So, yes, you could see Clifford the Big Red Dog on Paramount TV. But there's a magic in the Let's theater. Let's go to the movie theater. And probably a lot of people haven't been back to the theater. I haven't been back to see an adult movie. I've taken the kids a couple of times, so I'm waiting to go back. I mean, this is the season to kind of go. But even now, it's so funny because you can see King Richard, which is a Will Smith movie based on the lives of Venus and Serena Williams, the great tennis superstars. But you can also see on HBO Max. It's a weird, you know, it's a weird mind game where it's like, do we want to pay the extra dollars to go to the movie theater to see it with a, be- a more cinematic experience? Or are we just too tired? Are we worn down? Do we want to stay at home? Or, I'm sure everyone, you know, every, every American is being asked that same question. Well, there's that. There's also like a lot of pockets in America that are not doing great with COVID. And, True. You know, you got to be safe. They have they have um, changed some of the, the prices for concessions at movie theaters, which is nice. Popcorn isn't so outrageous. Wow, I wouldn't think that. Inflation True. is like everywhere. You would Except think popcorn. like... You would think yeah. like... The a movie slurp, theater oh, concessions yeah, would be a way up there. slushy is like, you know, only two thirty-five. I don't know what it is. I didn't get it. But yes, stressful week because we had both of our parents, sets of parents, here at the same time. Which, if you think about it, how many listeners out there have had in-laws and their parents, or one member of parents and an in-law, at the same time outside of a wedding? Doesn't happen that often, right? Yeah, unless everyone lives in the same town. But even True. then, there they you might, go. you know, they might not be friends, or they might not be. But it, it is a pretty cool thing. And this year, it happened twice. It's really also just a lot, you know, for the kids and everybody because there's just a lot of people around. Everyone was so tired after the last set of grandparents left because it was just a long, long run. I mean, we, everyone was just depleted. We we love being with them. But as these grandparents come into our lives, they, they recognize that this life is nonstop. The energy in this household is relentless. There's work happening. There's school happening. There's preschool happening. There's things happening. Nothing is ever quiet. Also, you know, there's just, there's always like a little bit of a shift in energy when there's someone else here that's not our family. And it puts a boost of excitement in everyone. And so it's extra chaotic and when no one is visiting, it is just a little bit calmer. I know that's hard for our families to believe, but it's true. It is. And so because of that, because we just had a bunch of family here, we're having a quiet Thanksgiving. Just the five of us. So much of our daily life is around this energy that it will be nice to hopefully have a calm, more peaceful Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So we're going to be actually doing some cooking. We'll do a full report for the next podcast about how 
we may have missed some timelines for some st- some restaurants to help us uh, make some stuff. So we're but doing it ourselves. We have uh, the five year old has written the menu, and we will execute it. It's mac and cheese. It's <laughs> granola. It's uh, sliced apples with peanut butter. <laughs> he said today, "Mom, can we have duck?" Also, I was like, "Well." It's an interesting choice, but not this week. Where does this kid want to have duck? And where has he had duck before? No, he just, I don't know. Impressive. I had that idea. So Thanksgiving is on the brain. The holidays begin. We're starting to see the ads, etc. So let's talk about a great wine that we can drink any time of year, but maybe extra incentive to drink during the holiday season. Well, sort of the classic pairing for Thanksgiving is Riesling for white wine and Beaujolais for red wine and it's because these two wines pair so well with a lot of different foods and that's the whole goal of Thanksgiving it's not to pair one dish or you know impress people really it's about some wine that's delicious refreshing it doesn't steal the show it's just something you want to keep drinking throughout the afternoon evening with all this food and typically That's Beaujolais because Beaujolais is the origin of Gamay. It's right next to Burgundy or part of Burgundy almost. And it's where 75% really of all the Gamay comes from. Gamay is a grape that's like Pinot Noir. It's light in body. It has a lot of fruity notes. It has good acidity and it doesn't have heavy tannin. But unlike Pinot Noir, it's usually a better price. It's not thin-skinned. It might be slightly easier to grow. It doesn't have the fame and fanfare of Pinot Noir, and it's not grown as much, hence the good price. But there's a lot of kind of like mediocre Gamay made. You know, there's a lot of commercial and conventional Beaujolais Nouveau and just Beaujolais, which is just fine. It's whatever. But there's amazing Gamay made from the crews, the 10 crews, individual villages in Beaujolais. And there's great Gamay that comes from little pockets elsewhere in the world. Actually, there's some Gamay, decent amount of Gamay in Switzerland. There's some Gamay in Italy. There's some in Canada. There's a decent amount in Oregon and just a little bit in California. And that's what we're talking about tonight. So, I couldn't tell you the names of the vineyards that have Gamay in California. And, you know, it's just not very much. But Pax Molly is kind of Pax Molly. What a name, right? Oh, my gosh. If you don't know the name, name, now you know. Pax Molly. Sort of a legend in California winemaking. Pax was a name on the short list for me for a, a boy. Just so, I, just so you know. It is a great name. Yeah. Just so everyone knows out there. It didn't make the cut, so feel free to use it. Well, I didn't want the ks-ks. <laughs> Pax Coker. Fair. Um, That's very it, fair. But it is a great name. And he moved to California in the late 90s to get into wine from Chicago. He was a buyer for Dean DeLuca in Napa. And then shortly after, got into the wine business, uh, wine making business, started his own label with, well, it was his name, but really other people owned it, kind of, and was making heavy hitter, powerful Syrahs. He was focused on single vineyard, terroir-driven Syrah, but they were powerful. And then he started working for Wind Gap. He was the winemaker there, and things kind of changed, and he really was focused on more 
balance in the wine. And that's when I met him. He came to Esther's, I don't know, three or four years ago. And it was for this conference that was going on in Los Angeles called In Pursuit of Balance. It was kind of, it's not happening anymore, but it's a wave of newer winemakers, younger winemakers in response to this Parker thing of big points, big alcohol, big wines that was all about wines that are in balance. And Pax is definitely part of that. And his wines are definitely part of that now. So he now has his Pax label again. And it's not just Syrah. He makes all kinds of different grapes focused on terroir specific and some different grape varieties. Always native yeast fermentation, no fining, no filtering, not heavy oak. And this is Gamay. It's from El Dorado, higher altitudes called Alpine Peaks is the name of the vineyard. And he brings in the fruit and it's seven days carbonic maceration. So the grapes are, st- and they're all in whole clusters. So all the big bunches are brought in. The fermentation starts inside of the grapes for seven days. Then they're crushed and two days they macerate on the skin. Only two days. It's important to note this because this wine is a really light color. Now, in general, I think M.A. is slightly darker in color than Pinot Noir, but this is very, very light. And then after those two days on the skins, it starts fermentation with native yeast, native yeast fermentation in stainless steel, and then it's aged in neutral barrel. And this is Vintage 2020. It's great with the chill. We opened this with our dinner earlier tonight and it wasn't chilled and it was delicious. And then I put it in the fridge before we were going to do the podcast. And now it's chilled and it's also delicious. But let's let's just talk about it for a second. So like I said, super light in color. You absolutely can see through this. And it has a really like reflecting a lot of light. It's just like this light magenta with pinky tones. So pretty. Maybe a super light ruby, I guess I'd say. On the nose, it's like cherry and strawberry, raspberry. It's a little bit floral. It's got an alpine thing. Maybe it's just that says alpine peaks, but it certainly makes you think you're in an alpine forest. Just a hint of earthiness not too much. The fruit is just so vibrant and bright. Maybe a little bit of like blood orange too or orange peel. The palate is light. The tannin is almost not there at all. The acidity is high. The fruit is bright and crushable in the front of your palate. There's a more like a little bit of cranberry note here too, but like a sweet cranberry, maybe a little pomegranate. It's just fruity, delicious. The finish is still there. It keeps going. I don't know what to say. It's simple and uncomplicated, yet it's refined. I'm a huge fan. It's a good way to describe yourself. Simple, uncomplicated, yet refined. Oh. It's like an ad for yourself. (laughs) Oh, thank you. No, it's nice. This wine's delicious. Why is there such little gamay in California? What's your thoughts on that? Is it hard to grow? Is it harder to grow than Pinot? I think Pinot is difficult to grow, right? So Pinot is difficult to grow, but Pinot just has... People want it. People want it. There is demand. Gamay didn't come to the United States until the 70s, so it came a little bit later. Pinot Noir was already here. I think it just never had 
It doesn't have the history that Pinot Noir had. You know, Burgundy is always going to be Burgundy, set up by the monks with this crazy system and how ageable it is and how complex it can be. I think there's like, like the tip top of how complex Pinot Noir can be is always going to be higher than Gamay, you know? So there's that factor. And that, that, you know, ultimately just makes it like a little more in demand. Now, we talk about some other Thanksgiving ideas in previous podcast episodes. So if you want to look back at episodes 8, 9, and 47, we talk about Beaujolais Nouveau. We talk about other ideas on Nouveau. We can talk, we touched on all those things. So if you're looking for that, go back to episodes 8, 9, and 47. We may have touched on this earlier, but I'm curious to know or be reminded on um, there are certain wines that are darlings of sommeliers, Chenin Blanc being one of them. Gamay is also one of them. Why is Gamay in that world for sommeliers, do you think? I think because it's fabulous for pairing. I mean, that's why sommeliers love Riesling, too. It just pairs with almost anything. Any complicated dish, it just highlights the dish, but it also can stand on its own. These are just wonderful wines you want to have that just kind of complement almost anything. They go with spice. They go with something on the sweeter side, on salty. This gamay could go with seafood and fish. It can go with meat. It could go with Thai food. It could go with roast chicken. It's just, it's so versatile. I think that's one reason. The other reason is, and and champagne, I would put <laughs> Riesling, champagne, and, and yep. gamay. The other thing is, there's just a refreshing factor to these wines. They may be made by fabulous producers. They may be simple wines. Obviously, the sommeliers tend to gravitate toward the producers with the cachet, but there's just a refreshing factor. Something like that makes you want to keep drinking it that's just doesn't weigh you down. It's thirst quenching. Which is why Gamay is so perfect for this time of year. You know, big meals, got a lot of different things on the table. So you talk about easy to pair with a lot of different things. Sounds good for Thanksgiving. Good for the holiday season. Refreshing. Sounds good for Thanksgiving. Sounds good for the holiday season. So it makes sense. Gamay is perfect. Talk about Riesling being one option. But yes, to get some domestic Gamay is very cool. So hopefully you can find that somewhere during these next few weeks. So let's talk about that first. Let's talk about pairs of everything. What do you see on the table as a food pairing for this wine? I mean, definitely your turkey, your like roasted meats. It's going to be amazing with that. It'd also be good with the cranberry sauce because it's kind of like mirroring that. It's great with the mashed potatoes and stuffing because those are savory and rich. And this is just like bright and fruity. I'd say I'd probably go for something else when dessert comes around. But other than that. It's solid for the whole meal. We just did an episode on dessert wines. And that would be really good. So maybe go back and listen to episode 73. Just two episodes ago, we talked about dessert wines. So go and listen to the advice Catherine gives on which wine to pick out for dessert wine. Get that. Get the Gamay. Get a Riesling. Get a Sparkling. Yeah. Where can we get these wines? Catherine, where can you get this Gamay? Where can you get Gamay's in general? Well, ones to recommend that is definitely at Esther's. I would say another small wine shop uh, 
in your area, a great local wine shop. This is actually sold out on the PAX website, but lots of local wine shops will be featuring Gamay this week because they know people love it and it's perfect for Thanksgiving. So just ask if they do have domestic and especially do look for this wine. We have more esters, right? Because I'm going to get one. We do. It's just be the two of us. Kids can't drink yet. So uh, we'll be having something nice. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. All right, now comes to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go first. Guys, I talk about golf all the time. I'm so sorry. Had an encounter. The power of Instagram. It's funny. You meet people. Instagram's great because you can always, uh, I know you, you look at to be inspired from poets, things that, uh, authors, things like that. I do the same, but I also do it to improve my golf game. I need some help on the golf game. So it always amazes me that what brings people together, which is some sort of sport, golf, and of course, food and beverage. That was fused together this past week where I met a guy who's been helping me with my golf game. He lives in Arizona. I follow him via Instagram, but he was in town. We met at Esther's. I met his wife. He was Parker McLaughlin. They call him the short game chef, former pro golfer on the PGA Tour, one-time winner, which is a huge deal from UCLA. And I just find wine fascinating in that way where you can come together, not really know anyone or not know much about them personally other than they played golf and break bread with them and get to know them on a uh, much deeper, more fun level where I feel like we would be friends, you know, down the road. His wife, Christy, very nice. Had a great time. Hope we can do it again with you. Missed you, but inspired by him because he's so helpful with his time, just generous with his time. So send, send me stuff if you need it. And uh, we talked about some TV and film ideas that he has. So it was a lot of fun to meld worlds between golf and wine and bring esters into it. So thanks to Instagram. Thanks, golf. That's my Thanksgiving. <laughs> thanks. Of course, my family. They're, they're nice, too. But always fun to meet people that enrich your life in some way via social media. So that's my inspiration for the week. Catherine, what do you have? Well, I like that you say you come together. I mean, you break bread together and then you come together over wine. It's just, you know, whether it be meeting someone new or having conversations with someone you've known for 20 years, just the conversations that you can have over wine, they're just different. You know, there's an extra layer of something else somebody's able to open up about and wine's cool. You can do that with friends for at sure. a dinner setting. You can also do that. We don't do that as much recently with the pandemic where you could be sitting next to someone. We kind of did this the other night when we went out to dinner. Someone saw us eating with our six-month-old and had to talk to us about it. And they said they have three kids and here's how they do it. So you just never know who you interact with around wine. And we don't do that as much since we go, go to bars or restaurants as, as quite as much as we did before. Absolutely. But it's amazing. It's neat how that just opens people up. Speaking of which, that's my inspiration this week. We have not been able to eat out very much because we have three kids and it's this pandemic. But the two meals that we've had that were really special were one at Agnes. Gosh, what an absolutely beautiful and delicious restaurant in Pasadena. And we were able to eat there a month or two ago. But it's fantastic cheesery and marketplace in the front and then a restaurant in the back and it's owned by Vanessa Tilaka and her husband, Thomas Kalb. He's the chef and she does the cheese and they have a great thing going. The food is unbelievable. The atmosphere is gorgeous. It's designed by Una Ryan Architects, who also designed Esther's. And Liz Kelso is killing the wine over there. 
we had a fabulous experience and it was so fun to be out with friends. The back patio is beautiful for the outside. It's not one of those parking lot tent situations. It's like a really nice patio. That was a beautiful evening out. We don't travel to Pasadena very often for any reason other than to get some great food. Yes, when you do, seriously, this is the spot. But Agnes, and they happen to be listeners of the podcast. Yes, which, so. we, which we found out when we arrived. Yeah. So, so shout out to them. And their review, I think, in the LA Times was amazing. It was. Amazing review. So we were there beforehand, unbiased by the review. Fantastic. You got to go if you're in Pasadena. Five stars. Also, we hit up BC Clet, Walter Mansky's restaurant in Mid-City, I guess. French Bistro. That was such a fantastic experience. Again, that was where <laughs> we brought the baby and ended up chatting with the people next to us. But it was so Frenchy and really kind of whisked you out of Los Angeles into this like Parisian bistro and it was just fun to like travel for a night and be away and the food is fantastic it was something that I don't know we used to go out a lot more before we had kids and before the pandemic and both these experiences were nods to that and that comes from the team behind Republic you could feel people were into this space they were like it felt like it had kind of that holiday vibe we're here to we've made it through the year let's go out People looking to have a great time, and the food was awesome. Cocktails, Cocktails and wine awesome. too. Yeah. So check out Agnes. Check out BC Clet if you're in Los Angeles. Check out at Short Game Chef if you're on Instagram. And you like golf. And you like golf. <laughs> and yes, he posts some pictures of wine. <laughs> check it all out. We're giving yeah. all kinds of information out there. Really inspired this week by the food and wine world this week. So it's a great interlude as we head into Thanksgiving. All right, that's it for episode 75 of The Long Finish. Episode 75 is in the books. Thanks to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. Holiday season, holiday gift for us. If you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it would mean so much to us and our kids. And tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your dads, tell your sisters and brothers to give a listen. we got a few more episodes in 2021. We're going to do some sparkling, which is exciting for everyone. Basically. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do that uh, in the next couple episodes. Stay tuned for that. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? Find us on Instagram at Catherine Wild Coker or at The Long Finish. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Have a great start of your holiday season. Be healthy, be happy, and happy drinking. Ciao.